genre. Hi everybody, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. It's a special episode. It is the wrap-up episode for our 15-part limited series tabletop RPG event, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Up From Below. I am Scott Tofty. I am your regular host. But uh, let's hear from the rest of the crew that was involved in this crazy thing. We'll start with our announcer and Donatello. Uh, it's Ralph Atanasia. Could you call it a Go Ninja wrap-up? episode <laughs> i'd rather not so oh man weird. how did i miss that i feel so bad that's been a baby long week ruining things that are perfectly fine <laughs> feel like we need to ice them out of the group for that no that was you made it better and then there's our game master sean jaffe he's here too what's up hi sean how you doing I'm they right. call him vanilla dice uh, <laughs> oh my god now they do oh thanks a lot Clearly, Get out. <laughs> clearly, Ralph should be doing my job. Stuck and with then it forever now. We my have uh, uh, Chris O'Connor, our uh, fantastic Raphael. Hi, Chris. Hi, Scott. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you too, buddy. Chris and I both in desperate need of haircuts. Mm-hmm. Both of us rocking uh, man buns. Are but uh, overrated. Yeah. Uh, we have Michelangelo Adam Sheehan. Hello. And uh, Sean's right. Haircuts are stupid. I haven't had one in... <laughs> Like two years, almost. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Good. And then the linchpin of this whole darn thing, our, I would almost say our main character, our MacGuffin, <laughs> Rachel Gatlin is Alopex. Hello. 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 Hi, oh, my God. Oh, gone. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. So, so, guys, we've gotten through 15 parts. I want to say it's got to be almost 10 hours of play of this tabletop RPG game. Yeah, um, something like that. And I thought it would be great to just get together one last time and go back over. It's been a long time since we started it. I think we started it in March, April, somewhere around there. Hmm. And then... Real real different world when we started. April or May. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere near the beginning of this whole... Yeah. Let's say April, because it's turtles. That sounds <laughs> fair. That's um, on brand. And, you know, I think we played it over the course of a couple months, but the final episode just aired last weekend. Uh, for our listeners, so I thought it'd be cool to revisit and see what we liked and what we didn't like. And the, and the first thing that I want to say upon listening to all these episodes is I am still continually struck at the improvisational skill and comedic timing of Adam and Ralph. So you guys, <laughs> you, just, you just kill it. You goofball. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick a favorite part of this whole thing, and maybe that's what we'll do right now is just go around the table and list sort of our favorite moments. I think it's just listening to the the Donnie and Mikey Donatangelo banter, which is super appropriate considering it's my favorite part of the first movie as well. Well, same. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was, I mean, Ralph makes it easy to riff off of. So... <laughs> <laughs> He's making a face. It's it's an auditory <laughs> medium, Ralph. <laughs> I am deeply uncomfortable with He's any making all a face parties. for radio. So let's we'll put you on the spot then, Ralph. Uh, looking back on this, what was the part of this that you enjoyed the most? Uh, and like favorite aspect of making it is different from favorite moment of the show. <laughs> oh, let's give us give us both. Because well, yeah, both. favorite moment is definitely I uh, is Michelangelo not knowing what turtles eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seconded. I I thought of that bit like 
20 minutes before I got to actually say it, I was like, oh my God, he should say something about not knowing what turtles eat. And then like was just trying to find a way to, to put it in without just blurting it out. But yeah, that was a fun oh, it bit. fits so good. And I know that there are other bits that definitely had me like weak with laughter, but that was <laughs> priceless. Uh, I also, uh, I feel like nobody has channeled their character as like, note perfectly as chris has played Raphael. like that's that's it's 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 a distilled Raphael. <laughs> yeah it's just because i was putting on my worst uh northeastern accent <laughs> yeah but it's not just the accent that like there, there's attitude there's a yeah there's a good combination of of like dismissive um and combative and at times just just like the, the this sort of like acquiescence that i feel like is very Raphael is like all right things are too weird for me i'm going with it well you <laughs> just described chris really I mean. yeah yeah i was basically just playing myself a well, lot then it's good casting. only as a turtle yeah, yeah 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 it worked out it worked out it was appropriate um, but yeah so and in, in terms of uh aspect of recording that i enjoyed most i i really do uh, I've just missed playing Ninja Turtles with other people. <laughs> like, that's something I haven't done since I was a very little child. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. So, like, and, and And I cheated because I had an action figure in my hand for most of the time we were playing just so that <laughs> I could... Like scratch that itch of of playing uh, Turtles. <laughs> just playing with toys. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that I was... wish I thought of that. That was my one. Do I get to pick who goes next? Sure. Is that how we're doing it? (laughs) We don't have to roll for it anymore. Do it, do it. Rachel, what was your favorite thing? Oh, boy. Um, What was your favorite moment of the show and favorite aspect of making the show? I have two favorites. Um, One, I got a kick out of how much you enjoy ralph you enjoyed um the dog references i made because <laughs> i didn't think that was gonna land Alpex was a dog it made dog me so <laughs> i was priceless and um oh, garfield I phone I, that, I pulled yeah. that one out of my butt and it's probably one of the best jokes i've ever made and it became a huge part it's, of the, the yeah. whole third act of the, the show and giant ninja terminator reference <laughs> and recording it um this was kind of my first experience with the tabletop game mm-hmm. um because the people i knew that played it were kind of especially like in high school were a little bit standoffish and were like oh you can't play because you don't know how but <laughs> this felt very um welcoming to someone who's never played it and i i, I owe that mostly to sean oh um and yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it was fun to do something kind of off the cuff and just rolling with it. So, yeah, I think that I love the dog stuff too. <laughs> and I take, being being someone who also didn't ever do one of these before, I have to agree with you on all those points. And I want to talk more about that specifically later. But now, Rachel, you get to pick the next person. Um. Well, since he's in the room with me, I'm going to pick Adam. I knew this was going to happen. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> as far as, fa- Adam also as, far as favorite the moment on the show, I think it was um, me saying I brought my own when uh, Rachel said, I'll give you a lollipop after this. <laughs> like, that was just one of those lines that popped into my head. And I was like, oh, oh man. man. 
like in the moment. Also, uh, just every time, same with every time Ralph got like giggly when Alapex would do dog stuff, like it made me want her to do it more. And I think it made her want her to do it more. So it's just like, it's one of those perpetuating jokes. That's, that's the kind of joke that always gets me though. Like there was on the, the TV series that the Muppets did a couple of years ago. That was kind of like the office. Oh yeah. Rolf is a bartender in that. And there's an episode when like Kermit goes and sits down at the bar where Rolf's working. Rolf's got like one of those dog post-surgery cones around mm. his neck. He's like, hey, Rolf, how's it going? And he goes, uh, you know, the surgery went all right, but I kept biting the stitches, so I had to put one of these on. <laughs> <laughs> and like the fact that he... <laughs> The fact that he has, like, dog and dog owner problems <laughs> because he's a sentient dog always right. killed me. Yeah. So I'm, I, I guess I'm a soft target for that kind of yeah. yeah, so The cuteness of Alapex was a lot of fun. Um, honestly, uh, the the whole portrait of New York City that, that Sean painted for us was kind of perfect. Mm. Like, it drove the whole thing. Oh, thanks. Um, sorry, that was, like, three things. Um Favorite aspect of, of this show, I, I have to say, is doing color for, for all you guys uh, on oh, the yeah. artwork. Oh, on the artwork? That, like, I, I would just get art from one of you guys, and then I just got to kind of watch it come to life. I, I always love that. And, and Chris, I owe you a couple pieces, but uh, Photoshop. That's just because I'm such a lazy bastard. Adobe's just been kicking my ass with all of these bugs, so I have to. I have to... How did. How did we get on the artwork thing? Because that wasn't something we planned on doing right away. I think I feel like it was. Was it Ralph sent us someone Alopex mistakenly started one? Yeah. Whoops! And then I, I, I was Ralph like, oh, I can just color all of this, and then it was just like, oh, Adam has a ton of work to do. Yeah. We should do it every time. time. Yeah, I, Ralph sent us Alopex, you, and then we were like, wait, I want to do one. You only colored one of my pieces, but I was really excited when it happened. So was I. Because I I didn't have to do the coloring, and it looked really cool. Well, I, I also I've been running games forever, and I've never had, like, art of those games until this past year, and it has been awesome. It's just so awesome seeing stuff like, oh, that happened, and there's a picture of it. Yeah. It's just so exciting. I And the, the episode 15 artwork got kind of rushed because I kept having technical problems with Adobe. So I want to go back and re-render each of those characters, and I want to put them together as their own, like, standalone image. Yeah, there was a moment oh. when Adam was working on that, and I came in to check on him, and then I just backed out of the room. I was, like, the angriest I've ever been. <laughs> he was very, very angry. I was doing, I was doing colors, and um, Adobe Photoshop on the iPad, which is a relatively new app, which has been a game changer because I, I know the Photoshop interface, which is why drawing on something like Procreate is such... I always feel hamstring because I don't know the inter interface very well. So I've been using this new version of Photoshop on the iPad and it's still so new that it has all these bugs. Like I was doing, I was doing color yeah. and if I zoomed in or out, it would permanently place elements of giant rectangles of color on my canvas and just like that's irritating. ruin hours of work. It was just like, ugh. So then I just had to finally go like, all right, this is what we've got. Go like push this out. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that, Adobe? You owe us damages. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> if this was I don't, a real I don't deadline. Derail this. <laughs> I don't want to derail this too much by getting into the art, but like I, I also really liked seeing everybody played around with a bunch of different styles in their pieces. Like you can always tell who did a piece. Yeah. But there's I know that I did this. I know that Scott did this. Um 
but there's a lot of playing with different art styles within our own style. So like Scott has that one, Scott, you did the one with Raphael holding the sigh in front of the bridge, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. Which is so different. Yeah. From the pizza shop one. Right. Uh, specifically, the line work was a lot thinner, which made my job a little bit more difficult, but it made it ended up making the whole piece really jump off the page yeah. when it was done. Yeah, that was a good one. Because there was yeah, so much was... color involved and very little ink. It, was... it might be one of them. It might be a best one. I like I that a, one. I, I like a, the Leo oh, on go, the go crates ahead, one, but uh, uh, the Leo on the the um, shipping containers. I was really proud of that one, just because I like I don't do color well with art, and I was very happy with how I, I that one turned out for me. I like your lens um, flares. But I do like a good <laughs> lens flare. Okay, JJ. I just like how much background you drew because I never draw backgrounds ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, I liked your backgrounds because they're so, like the the Leo and the shark one. Like I, the way you did the water and all that, <laughs> but it's so good and it contributes to a style that I like so much. I actually learned a lot um, of things about rendering from looking at Ralph's pieces. I was like, oh my god, that's such a much easier way to do it than I've been doing it. So like it, seeing how different you guys do certain things changed the way. Like I learned so much from doing color work just from doing these however many pieces of of art. I colored for you guys because it was a different, completely different art style like every week. So it was like, okay, yeah. let's learn. I how had to, to do laugh because at some point I complimented Ralph and I was like, hey man, these are really good. And he just goes, well, I am a professional artist. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's true. You are, aren't you? I'm also very bad at accepting compliments. <laughs> so I often come off as an ass. Uh, um, doesn't somebody else have to talk about their favorite part of the thing? Oh yeah, I have to pick I was somebody. Just gonna I mean, say, I do. Uh, Sean, let's go with you. Um... <laughs> Chris was so ready to go. Well, I thought we were picking uh, picking the next one, and I wasn't I just, paying I attention. Dropped. It's Sean's turn. I just keep dropping. I catch the ball. Uh, I'm not paying attention. Uh, my what, what was the t there were two. It was my favorite. so your your favorite part of the show is like from a listener standpoint, the thing that tickled like you the most, the, and the then, event that I like the most, right? Yeah, and then your favorite part of actually producing the show. Um, I feel like I'm at like sort of a weird advantage on this because I sort of decided what was going to happen and when in a lot of ways. <laughs> Fair. Um, but certain things. Uh, okay, so within the context of like you know the you know the the story itself, um, I stopped myself from saying diegesis. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, the thing that I, I enjoyed was getting to bring back characters from the very first game I ever ran in my entire life, which was uh oblique and uh go on the little whale guy those were from literally the first game i ever ran at like a jewish summer camp in 87 i want to wow. say like a million years ago those characters, i'm only three years older years. than those characters <laughs> yeah those characters can rent a car four for me like two they for are me super old and it was really cool bringing them back and like kind of putting them in a spotlight for a change. Um, they're perfect turtles and, characters too. Uh, I, I mean, like, yeah, they were. They it was from that game. This was the first game I ever ran um, or played, for that matter. Uh, everybody else started with D and D, but I started with turtles. Um, and I think I told that story before, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, bore yeah you first with it episode. Again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my favorite aspect of of running this was getting to run for a bunch of people that have not been doing this for years like tabletop and well i mean just role-playing in general live action any sort of role-playing is something that that 
a lot of people think is more closed off than it is. There's, a, there's a sort of this idea that is this, that, you know, that is this isolated thing that you have to learn how to do. You can do it. It's it's very simple. Everybody does it. Uh, you just take on a role and you're playing that character. So everybody can do it and everybody's sort of bringing new things to the table. But when you're dealing with people that don't, you know, play every week or every couple of weeks or every month or whatever, people that are brand new to it, they, they bring in all these cool new ideas and new ways to do things. And there's a lot of new energy and enthusiasm that you just don't quite get with like, and and now all my weekly players are going to be like, what the hell, man? Why are you talking about it on the radio? <laughs> uh, but like, it's just a different animal that I haven't had a chance to to play with in a while. And and that's really cool. And And you guys just like immediately like nailed it. Like not only like getting into role-playing in general, but like that I, I have never done a thing where people are playing established pop culture characters. I always have people make their own character. I've never thought to do it in however million years I've been doing this to be like, Hey, yeah, you're Luke Skywalker and you're Chewbacca go. It's always been like, <laughs> okay, you make your own character. But like in this is like, okay, you're, you know, Raphael, you're Leonardo and man, you guys nailed it. Like all the stuff you're doing. I'm like, Oh yeah, that I can, absolutely see that on screen it was perfect i i think that's what made it so easy too is that we were embodying yeah. these characters that were already i mean obviously very connected to yeah mm. yeah i'm glad that helped yeah uh it's interesting to me as well because you are also playing with people who not only uh, run a the spectrum from never having played a role-playing game to being like a veteran role-playing game players uh but also people that you don't know at all have met once or have uh you know are friends of many years with so right. like it's 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 a very yeah. interesting mix to me i was gonna say sean the only time that we had met actually the only time we have met in person was we went to the paley event Right, yeah. At uh, the Ninja Turtles thing, and I didn't even when 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 Ralph oh, well, was like, "Hey, my friend Sean runs games." I yeah, you two neither you nor I caught into that for quite a minute. Yeah, it was a minute before we, <laughs> so minute, we, we that got was, there. That was you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, man, there are was... pictures of you, Scott, and myself with the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with the extra big heads. Right, we should make that a cover. Yeah. <laughs> There's our next art. Um, we do our CD set. I think that leaves that leaves Chris right. I guess, yeah, I suppose it All does. good ones me. end in O'Connor. Wait, Before we did, get to Chris. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, all right. Wait, oh, oh, okay. You, oh, you were just Wait, you Scott, just did you do my, your favorite ones? My turtly leg. Yeah, did you? You did. You start with... I kind of started. You did? Okay. Well, Sean gets to pick. Oh, all okay, right. go ahead, Yeah, Sean. I guess he does. Jeez. <laughs> I'll let Scott finish. I sure hope it's me. Go! <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Hey, Chris. Screw um, okay, let's see. Like the favorite sort of the same thing to sort of listen to, like when these came out, you know, like I put them on in my kitchen while I was making pancakes for the kids. Um, I think uh, the 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 scene or the the bit that I had the most fun with, I loved the I loved our invasion of the World Trade Center. That was a lot of fun. That yeah, was awesome. I, I was, was I could, so I could really I could really see that in my head, it. and I, I really liked that. We did uh, like, not intend for that episode to come out on 9-11 no. or the day after 9-11. No, that was, that was, so apologies for that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it came out, well, because 9-11 was a Friday. It came out like 9-12. It was like the day after. Yeah, yeah. it came, it came so, out 9-12. So it was kind of like... <laughs> that is unfortunate. But like, you know, even when, even when we were recording it and we had no idea what the schedule would be, like I was able to sort of envision it really well and like think about it. Like I'd, I'd seen a couple of movies recently that featured the World Trade Center pretty prominently, so it was very fresh in my head. 
Uh, and that that was kind of just a fun, you know, interesting memory to to pull and play with. Uh, so that was that was uh, that was a lot of fun aspect of you know the show itself. And then and then for making it, I think the huh, what was okay? The most fun part of making this was as much as uh, uh, and I and I haven't played too much, but I, I have played other RPGs and I'm I'm playing some with my my wife and some friends pretty regularly now that I played back in college. Uh, but I have I have like books and I have paper, you know, I have my character sheets and I have dice and I have papers and I have lots of stuff. Um, but for this, like Sean, like you totally sent out like uh, our character sheets like beforehand, like I think like as, as pictures in the Facebook Messenger thing. Yeah. But I totally couldn't even read it, so I just didn't bother for the entire game. <laughs> that was that was the most fun part. It was just like, oh, I got injured. How many points is that? How many points do I have? And you would just tell me. But I, I have a book I in totally, front. Of, it's all from the yeah, book. Like, yeah, yeah. You I held it down really, very well. I had never really looked at the stats on those characters yeah. in the book, and yeah. upon like actually running it, they're bonkers. They're completely <laughs> insane. Like it, yeah. like they're all over the map with like who knows how to do what and why. Yeah, yeah Leo's got proficiency in automatic weapons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to figure sense. this. This book is written at the beginning of the Ninja Turtles thing, before the cartoon shows. Oh yeah, it's uh, eighty six. So does like, pizza even really factor into it? <laughs> no, it was probably before the pizza. Yeah, yeah. If it, it been, if it had been written a couple of years later, there probably would have been a pizza on the cover. Yeah, I, I got the feeling that there were a couple moments where Shaw was just kind of like, yeah, that's something Mikey would do and it would work. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> oh, man, there was. Um... Can I tell you something like weird about the... that? That whole thing with the stats is I would have rewritten the stats to make more sense. But I have this weird like thing in the back of my head that if like Kevin Simbita was listening to this, he wouldn't <laughs> want me to do that. So I was like, I gotta go with the original. Like he wrote it. Like there's a possibility the guy that wrote this book might hear this. So I gotta and, stick to it. And and uh, and sort of like with that in mind, me not having the character sheet in front of me the entire time. Like in the last episode or two, we realized, oh wait, I can do like five or six attacks per 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 yeah. per go. Yeah. Oh, we I should have been doing that the that. entire time. There was <laughs> I a lot been of much more effective. There was a lot of learn as you go. I, I upon listening back that we were doing like learning that we could take damage and like we were counting damage like didn't happen to like the seventh or eighth, eighth episode. Like I think when Mikey got bit by the mousers, that was the first time we we're like, oh yeah, you have to like Falling out keep of the track window. of this. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, it was it was the uh, the surfing on the um, the neon sign took some took some HP. <laughs> I love Chris I going. I think awesome. it was. It worked out for the best that we didn't get too bogged down into the mechanical yes. rules of the game because yes. it, it becomes a bit of a drag. Like, I think we had enough of the game mechanics to keep the action going and for us to fail sometimes to make it interesting and for us to succeed yeah. in ways that were fun. Yeah. Um, but you, you struck a good balance with that. Yeah, show. As, as much yeah. as there are tools online to, you know, have all your character sheets and all, like Roll20.net is great. That's what we're using for Dungeons & Dragons. But like for just Zoom and, and just... Just us. I think it worked really well to basically not have any reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we talk about some things that we we like, uh, or I would like to talk about the the fact that we 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 it took us a minute to settle on this format. Yeah. For no, the show. I was gonna go around and ask if there's like what is the thing if there's something people could like change or if we got a, a chance to go back and fix something. Is there anything that it would be? So go ahead, Ralph. 
because I think we we did briefly. I don't remember where in the like genesis of this we talked about it, but there was discussion of creating our own mutant characters or doing a mutanimals sort of story. Oh yeah. Mm. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. I called briefly. dibs on Pigeon Pete. Yeah. That's still right. staying. We, we, we talked about it for a minute, and I was gonna. I think I was gonna be Mondo Gecko or make up a character, and then somebody said, "Well, I'll be Michelangelo," and I was like. <laughs> okay, so we'll have someone play one of the turtles, and then we're all going to play characters we made up. And then someone else was like, well, if you're going to be Mikey, then I don't want to be Leo. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so two turtles and two made it. F- you know what? Let's just all let's just be the turtles. Turtles all the, the way down. Turtles I, I all the way down. I think it was the consensus that like being familiar with the characters would make it easier for those of us also that hadn't done this before like you have a reference point as to how to act or how a character would react or some guidance as to what you would do in certain situations um and i also thought we were looking at it from a listener perspective like people are going to be more interested in a story as a listener that features characters they really know yeah, yeah. i think that's what kind of sold this whole thing yeah. and and having rachel be the uh, the odd person out and we had a lot of choices that we could have made because there's a lot of characters within team and t lore that would have been Mm-hmm. pretty good choices like we i mean we could have done april but that's so obvious we could have done jenica but even jenica is still so new in people's minds and i think alapex was such a perfect character for that yeah i think it worked out really well and i think rachel did a really good job as oh, alapex i think it was like the perfect amount of like naivete and <laughs> caution and and then like urgency towards the end of it also so I think I, I was just, just going to say that yeah, I really I like to make sense of that that sort of animal. Uh, yeah, it was like a, a, a like that, that, that shrewd animal foxy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sixth sense thing going on. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that you were able to to craft such a warm character made the uh, the moment in the the last episode when like the Krang's programming kind of kicked in and and all of a sudden this character that we had grown to love starts turning against the turtles and you know like we, we it's it hurt when that happened mm. and yeah. i don't think that would have landed as well if you hadn't brought so much life to that Aww. so that, that that's really impressive well thank you it was quite good thank um, you i'm anything else that we would have like changed or done differently does anyone have any uh, lingering regrets this isn't a changed or done differently thing it, it kind of falls under the sort of like thing i liked best but it was sort of like a a metagaming kind of moment thing like and, and it fit kind of nicely where it happened but like in the end either the last episode or the second to last episode like you're fighting bebop and rocksteady and i'm like you know you can die right <laughs> and it was oh, like this, yeah it was this fun <laughs> moment where it's it's kind of like you know sort of in the movie you know you, you know in the movie you're supposed to be like oh are our heroes going to make it and it's like <laughs> i don't know but of course they're gonna make it it's a movie for kids it's rated pg but in, in, you know, it just as sort of like a, a a thing to pull the rug out from under you know, in a game. It was just like we don't have to win, we don't have to make it. I'm you know, yeah, I'm sure true. Sean wants us to make it, but yeah. if you screw up, you can die. I had the, <laughs> yeah. I had that moment too when we when we first met Krang. How I had a flintlock pistol pointed directly at Krang's brain, and I'm like, <laughs> do, do we want to end this this movie right here? Like it's such a boring ending. <laughs> no, that'd be great. I don't know, maybe because, maybe this is just me, but I felt like the ending kind of snuck up on us. Um, 
and part of me wanted to kind of see an outline of what was supposed to happen but on the other hand not knowing how it was gonna like the end points the main beats were kind of gave this whole um different flavor to it so i i I would agree. I kind of find myself struggling with like I, I was trying to make sure that whatever I was do- I was always struggling with trying to make sure that what I was doing was entertaining and appropriate for the scene. But I always couldn't shake the feeling that I was like never quite getting where Sean wanted the story yeah. to go. So I want to I want to ask Sean that question. Is there anything that happened in this or was there anything that was what, supposed to happen? What did you write that you didn't, write get, that you didn't to? get to use? Yeah, it, it it's not. That's uh, like <laughs> that's yeah, not really yeah, yeah, the question. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I didn't write anything that I didn't get to you. There was nothing there that you know. I I I, I don't feel like uh, that. That's not how it works. Like I I was following you, so I kind of had like ideas of like okay, if they do this, it'll go here. If they do this, it'll go here. And I kind of knew that at some point you guys were going to figure out that they were building the Technodrome underwater with the plans to teleport it to. Central Park. And that was kind of the big overarching, like, villainous plot that I wanted you guys to foil. Mm-hmm. But how you got there or what you did to, like, that was entirely up to you. So I had to just sort of, it's like a train that's like laying down the tracks in front of itself as it's going. <laughs> yeah. It's heading towards the destination. It will get there. So, but, like, the tracks can go wherever it wants. So there's no NPCs that didn't get to play? Uh, No, actually, yeah. Like, I, there were a few. I felt like I kind of maybe overpopulated a bit. Like there was, mm. you know, um, there was a bit of like, uh, you know, I felt like I maybe over villain, like I maybe should have dialed back and just had like Rocksteady and Bebop or Baxter Stockman. But yeah, because we had we had Stockman, we had Crane, yeah. we had uh, Uriah Heap, uh, Uriah Thompson, right, right. <laughs> Krang, so. Rainbow Demon. Well, um, in, that's <laughs> in true Billy D. Williams style. He'd be like a supporting character in the in this movie, and then in the next movie, he would be recast as somebody else when Baxter Stockman actually gets <laughs> right. I also I, I had to keep fighting off the urge to like message Sean in between sessions and like pitch him ideas for where to take this. I was like, but I didn't want to like pollute the whole project. So, yeah, I mean, you kept us on track, you kept us going, and we got where we needed to be. Like, there wasn't too many points where, I, where, and I get this in every game I've ever played, where it's like, oh my god, just come on already. Yeah. Like, there wasn't that moment in this one. It just kind of, we we kept it moving. It was... I just think it's funny how much of a backseat April and Casey took in this literally. particular story. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Can I, just on the topic of Casey, the stupid TV watching bromance that he like invented on the sideline for for Casey I, and Splinter, yeah. that is like fully canon in yeah. my head now. Just yeah. for those two, All the that way they there. watch soap operas together, like wrapped, like yeah. not looking at the bowl of popcorn and shoving it into their mouth so they don't look away from yeah, the TV. I, they have a whole I do ritual. kind of feel like that's one of those dangling threads where we had them like come and meet us at the docks or something. Like they were supposed to go there and then we're like, ah, whatever, we're going. Woo! Yeah, yeah they like showed up in Bayonne well, and I mean, we were just that, like, that I guess we don't need you guys. thing about not ha- like, and at one point, like in the beginning, I was a little nervous about not having either of them as players. It was like, I don't want them to be doing stuff where they overshadow you guys. So they were definitely going to be like, taking a heavy step back because April is very often the one that like is sort of instigating a plot internal stories. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. Casey is like 
the cavalry. And those are cool things for players to do. But if they're just like me, it's just like, you know, then, then it's not as much fun for me to be like, oh, well, April shows up and says, I found this mutant fox and here she is. And, uh, and then, you know, you guys are all getting your butts handed to you. And then suddenly Casey shows up and saves everybody. It's not as much fun. So you want to make sure it's about the players. So they, and unfortunately, you guys were the turtles. So, like, you know, you can handle your own stuff. It's good. It's good. I like the pacing of the whole series. Well, I felt like there were a couple times we were recording where I remember we were like, you know what? That episode, we were a little long on exposition. And then that would like the next session, we'd be like, oh, my God, this was the most fun hour that we've played yet. This is amazing. Yeah, and think, it kind of kept I think the first couple took us like a little that. bit to find our feet. But uh, yeah. but like af- I think like after the pizza, after the pizza, after we after we got Alapex from the pizza joint, I think we were good. Well, I love even like he put in the bad dudes video game reference, which is such like a here's okay, we're gonna teach you guys how to play an RPG and we're gonna do it using this stupid bad dudes moment. Like you're are you gonna play the game? Roll to see how well you play the game. Like it was such like a like a like a tutorial moment that I really enjoyed. <laughs> well, it's it's like it, I think- you can tell a good video game where when you play the first level, the first level teaches you how to play without having that yes. like navvy character that flies around and goes, oh, you got to do this next. Where it's just like, okay, here's an obstacle. What button do I push to get past this? Oh, I can yeah. jump. Like that sort of game design. It's, like that That was such a brilliant way to get us thinking about that mechanic. And It's like in that episode of Futurama when Bender's God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because if you if you've done a if you've done a good job, no one will be sure you did anything at all. Yeah, I didn't even think about that part of the game being a tutorial because I've I've played games with Sean before, and I, I was just like going, and I wasn't thinking about it from that other perspective. So to me, nothing happened. So to to, to see it yeah. from that other point of view, that's it's seamless. It's no, a was, good job, I Sean. You did a good job. You done good. <laughs> You're good at what you do. <laughs> I thought I, I, the other. I guess I'll go last here because we haven't. I guess touched on this, but from making the thing perspective, I, I sort of talked about that. I really enjoyed the the comedy aspect of the show with with everyone just nailing the jokes and the timing just being impeccable on delivery. Um, but actually, the production of the show itself, um, you know, I had a fairly big hand in in the editing, but I think. Just like the way it all fell together, even before the edits, just like everything fell together so nice. The story came together, the pacing came together. Like, and from someone who had never played before, it was just, it was just so much fun. Like, and I didn't expect it to be that fun. Like, we'd stop playing and I'd miss it. <laughs> um, and yeah. then I hearing it back, like listening to you guys play it while I'm editing it or or scoring it or whatever caught so much more stuff that i missed while we were playing it and it just it makes it it made it so much more fun i just i really enjoyed hearing everything back i think that's probably my favorite thing playing it was cool but hearing it back in a finished format was even cooler and oh i had i had one oh sorry go go ahead uh, i was just gonna say i i also did a, a little bit of editing on the on the, the home stretch of this my favorite part of editing was finding a joke that someone said like under something that someone was saying and like it got totally lost and then re-editing the entire scene to fit it in. (laughs) Like, okay, let's move this all around so that we can get Ralph saying this just uninterrupted. (laughs) I actually think I might have had to do that with the, does, do they eat this? 
line. I think that might have been a line that you tried to give say, away. One of, one of the things that uh, that I didn't get to point out that I thought was fantastic and it was sorely overlooked in this conversation um, is how exciting it was to have original music Aww. done as yeah. well as it was that matched yeah. like the, oh, the, the, the tone and so feel. Good. That was so cool. Of the music from the movies to be doing something that was scored, I think elevated the the kind of perhaps a bit self indulgent, often quite silly thing that we were doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good job, Scott. Well, yeah, thank good, you. Very good job. Uh, and you can and, get that record um, or that album yes. on a new record. Yeah, Scotttalkie.bandcamp.com. <laughs> Scott's Bandcamp. We'll have to yeah. plug that. I really I enjoyed doing that too, and I thought like. It's it was so hard. Like I had bigger ambitions for it to like actually fully score this stuff. And what ended up happening was I wrote a bunch of songs and just kind of placed them where they were appropriate. Not a lot of stuff was really scored out, um, like to the beats of the stuff in the scene. Some of it just landed really, really luckily. Like in the last episode, especially like where things landed. Like I'd pick a starting point for a piece of music and drop it in, and then like something would happen and the music would change and be like, oh my god, that fits perfect. But. <laughs> Like the that, Farquhar like that, that fight theme that is also the the opening theme that doop da 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 that one is like I still get that in my head from time to time especially if I'm reading something that has like action in it that'll just creep in it's it's, it's a I good think, piece I think the first one I played for you guys was that opening New York City music when we first introduced oh, so cool the city and I remember Ralph just going this this sounds like it's from the movie. I was like, yes, did it. Good. I actually sent this whole score to John Dupre uh, and was like, hey, I did a thing. This might be weird, but could you maybe just listen to it? I sort of like am inspired by you in this. He was like, yeah, it sounds cool. It sounds like good job. Like I was like, I'll take that as a badge. If we we do a follow up uh, to this one. We we gotta see if partners in crime will uh, will do us another. <laughs> well, well, we gotta get up to wrap the plot. We yeah, gotta do it. This, yeah, this I really me... want to do another. I, I I obviously left it open for a sequel. So should we? Uh, this, this well, hang on. So should I'm, we tell them? I'll, what we're... I'll I'll get into this. So well, first off, there will absolutely <laughs> be a sequel to Up From Woo! Below. We will do. I I can't give away too much details, but at some point on the Turtles feed, there will be a sequel to up from below we have had interest expressed from some people about making some guest appearances Mm -hmm. in that so if things work out we might have some some non-playable characters played by some some guest people in that one and i don't want to spoil they'll be playable characters well we won't be playing them they're player characters but you know what i mean (laughs) Um, but the other thing that I will say, and I cannot give away too much information, is that if if you liked Up From Below, if you really enjoyed this uh, kind of thing, um, and you want to maybe find more stuff like this, then I highly recommend that you go to DuelingGenre.com and just pay attention in, like, January. I can't say specifically what's going to happen, <laughs> um, but what I can tell you is that there will be some announcements being made that you might be fairly interested in, and I think you'll also enjoy the people that are making those announcements if you've liked what you've heard on Up From Below. Um, again, I can't give away much more than that, but you're not... I will say you haven't heard The Last of Us. That's mm. what I'll say. Um, so pay attention to DuelingGenre.com in January 
for for further updates. There's gonna be a lot of great podcasts coming out around then. Um and 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 yeah. Oh, I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I guess any final closing thoughts before we wrap this up? The wrap up this wrap up, this ninja wrap up. We we mentioned so we mentioned it like once or twice like in passing in conversation, but on doing the uh, the immediate sequel, are we are we like tied into still you know everybody keeping the same roles or so was I there any, think... anybody else interested hmm. in swapping roles? Because I kind of thought that it would be cool to take like Leonardo. Yeah, like, I maybe. think that's definitely uh, a discussion we could have whenever we uh, do. I'd be, yeah, I I think like swapping everybody around would be cool. I'd um, be happy cool. to play any of the turtles. Alapex <laughs> is my IP. Um, I'm never giving her up, so you can fight me. I think you and Sophie I, Campbell will have to wrestle over that one. Well, no. I, I don't think I could play Mikey because I feel like um, I feel like a, a Mikey voice would sound too much like my Donnie voice mm. because I'm doing like the Corey Feldman Donnie. I think I think <laughs> it would be fun. I to started s- off trying to do Corey Feldman Donnie and then I, it, it, you it, found it your quickly own thing. went off it, the rails. It would be interesting, but I think especially you guys have got the characters nailed down so well. I, I almost feel like I'd be a little sad. I, if, I, I feel like if we switch, I feel like Ralph and I should switch Mikey and Donnie mm. so that we could keep our Mikey and Donnie dynamic just reversed. But <laughs> I, can, I don't. And then I don't think. And then Scott and Chris could swap and be and Raph and Leo. Yeah. But the other way. So I'm just going to put this out there. It did end with you guys um, in a uh, transdimensional <gasps> time warp. Man. Which could explain a lot of different like oh, things getting swapped around. I see around. what you're yeah. yeah. It's like when when Leo was in the house burned down and the smoke made his voice turn into Seth Green. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I, I kind of have the same kind of trepidation as playing Donnie because you Ralph you have this way of doing that Donnie thing where he takes the longer way of saying something with like larger <laughs> words. And I don't think I have the vocabulary for it. Yeah. I am an asshole. I regret that I never got to say suboptimal. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it would be a funny like one-off, but I, I want to see everybody keep their characters because I think I, it's kind of part of like, you're if, all part of your characters now. If nothing I, else, I think we're giving Sean something to think yeah. about. For this <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with. I can kind of play it both ways. Are we going to get I, Freaky I Friday? There, I would... there can be a transporter accident. Yeah. Hmm. I never thought I would say this, but I've actually grown really attached to Donatello <laughs> over the course of this. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so we've also had a couple of people. He's the worst turtle. A couple of people on our uh, social media who are like, guys, this this should be a comic book. This should be a movie. Like, there's both a- listeners said that. <laughs> all two of them. All, it, all, hi, mom and dad. All but, like, tens it, of it listeners. It gets me thinking. Like, I, I I've written comics before. I could precisely. I could take a stab at it. I do love the story that we told here, and I think it would be fun at some point to just not necessarily like do anything with it, but just to write down the plot points to have it for continuity's sake. Of like, this is what up from below. These are the main points, and we could leave out stuff that didn't necessarily work so well, and like really amp up the stuff that worked really well, like the Garfield phone. Um, but like doing something with that at some point down the line would be fine. 
Someone would have to buy me a new tablet, though. Giant mutant Garfield phone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Let's let's start a GoFundMe to buy Adam a Cintiq. Yes. There you go. (laughs) Start a GoFundMe to buy me a pizza. (laughs) I mean, I can just Venmo you 20 bucks right now, and then you can go buy yourself a pizza. Successfully funded. (laughs) (laughs) You can just do that? You can just ask people for money? What have I been doing? (laughs) Does this work? There you go. Um, well, All listen, right. that's 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 about our... We were going to do this for about an hour. I think that's about an hour. Um, yeah. And listen, we could talk about ourselves all day. We're really good at it. We're professionals. <laughs> um, you guys, thank you for giving me something to do during that awful quarantine, man. Oh, my like, God. This was one of the high points. I don't know about the rest of you, yeah. but like, I looked forward to the sessions that we played this game oh, yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. And frankly, thank you guys I, so much for letting me run it and, and yeah. like... Getting back to the roots of what made me fall in love with gaming in the first place and the turtles. It was sort of a perfect storm of of, of things that happened. Having the, all this, you know, weird, like unexpected, uh, isolated Free time. time. Yeah, to be able to mm. do this, it it was really like I don't think we would have ever done this otherwise. So yeah. like, I and mean, to every single person who listened to yeah. this and is listening to this now. Thank you. I thank you personally. Uh, <laughs> thank you. You didn't have to listen to this, but you chose to. You and did. we had so much fun making it. And so I thank you I, I, on behalf of all of us. Yeah. 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 Seconded, thirded. Um, well, listen, crew, gang. You know what? I, here, let's put it, I'll put this out there too, for sort of a final thought. I am really happy to have brought Ralph and Sean deeper into the uh the turtles minute fold so i'm i'm really happy that we did all this and we got to know you guys even better um and and i feel even closer to you guys now and i look forward to whatever we might decide to do in the future with you guys uh, included aw, thank you thank you i i would say this was expeditious <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> all right well listen for the crew here at up from below we've had a blast and we will definitely do this again somewhere down the line Make sure you guys are checking us out at TMNT Minute on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you head over to DuelingGenre.com and follow at DuelingGenre on social media also to stay up to date on whatever our crazy announcements may be uh, in the future. And we're totally going to do the third movie, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, the regular Minutes movie, we're going to do that. But that's a whole other thing. We'll get to that. That Listen to Tales from the Short Box. Oh, yeah. Listen to Tales (laughs) from the Short Box. Reverend Motherverse. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so wait, I'm yeah, still yeah. Broadcast 13. Broadcast 13. I got to, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be real close to when my new show airs as well. Oh, nice. I got a show on Food Network called Buddy vs. Christmas, where the team at Carlo's Bakery, including myself, uh, we challenge various artisans to create Christmas themed displays in different media. Hmm. Oh. You're not going to fight That's Santa? That sounded like you were going to fight Santa. We kick Santa's ass. Yes. Nice. Kringle, I'm coming for you, <laughs> and I'm going to jam you so far down the chimney that you're going to be farting out coal dust. Nice. Wow. Can I ref this? I was Santa for Christmas, so I feel like this is this is. I'm looking directly personally. at you, Sean. Yeah, I, I felt that. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. We we go up against Santa like uh, Lego masters and glass blowers <laughs> and like all different kinds of people who make big show pieces, and then we make a big cake, and then somehow those get judged against each other. Mm. Makes total sense. It's a pretty neat show. Like we made some <laughs> wild shit on that, so check it out. All right. Buddy versus Christmas Food Network. So all right, everybody. Well, listen. Have a unstressful evening, guys. Enjoy your next few days because uh, 
We've got work to do coming up soon, all right? Mm. Uh, all right. Oh, here comes that ending music. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye. Later. Cowabunga. I have always liked that one. Ha, 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 ha.